Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening anywhere that you're out in the world today, and it could be almost anywhere because we reach across the world to help everybody live their best lives. Um, so the Yule season is upon us, and, and so is Christmas, and we're going to talk to them first in the idea of Yule and Christmas being kind of the same wavelength in the Northern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere, they, they're having Christmas, which is not necessarily as strong a holiday as it is in the Northern Hemisphere, and they also have Beltane, and I'm not going to deal anything with Beltane today. It's simply going to be this idea of Christmas and Yule, and so just give a heads up for it. And we have brothers and sisters. It's that Beltane is a very And I really can't talking about Christmas and Beltane together because I um, only have done that once. I actually did do a Beltane ritual in South Africa and Johannesburg and then literally got out on a plane, flew to Chicago, got off the plane, and attended a Yule ritual all on the same day. That was quite, a, quite an event. <laughs> and made possible by the dilation of plane travel. But uh, I've so that was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, so I did that back I think in 2000, uh, in that magical year where I went between uh, Yule and Beltane like within hours. And so I had that experience, and that was a really interesting, fun experience because the energies were like so crazy. I went from like being in short sleeve shirts and shorts and doing the ritual and then getting on my plane, which was an overnight plane, and then landing in the middle of the afternoon, towards late afternoon, and traveling through 12 inches of snow. Yeah. Um, It was a lot of fun, and it was something that was amazing. In general, Beltane and Christmas don't go together in their practices. Um, And really, I don't practice much of Yule as in Christmas as it is. The one thing that we did do, and I did this with my children at a very young age, is I gave them presents on Yule. We would save presents for the family and also a few for Christmas. But the main emphasis in our house was around Yule. And uh, it wasn't a very happy one because I did not like Christmas. And Christmas was a very different time. So this is for people who have a tough time with Christmas. It's okay to have a tough time with Christmas. It's not the end-all, give-all holiday that it is because of the fact that it puts a lot of pressure on it. And as a child, my mother was one to overshop. She was a shopaholic. She loved the process of shopping. And she would buy us bunches of stuff for Christmas. I mean, we had these sort of extravagant Christmases at times. And then January, February, even into March, we would suffer. We had to pay back the bills. And toys would get broken. And my mom would be we didn't ever get an appreciation of what we were be given. So my Christmases were very much a very consumer focused. And I think that's a, a very important aspect of it. So when I was growing up, Christmas was consumer based. It was about the holidays. It was about what you received. And around my church life, it was very much Southern Baptist Dominionist, which I made a point. It was very much a rally against this idea of Christmas and, and, and the holiday. You have to everybody practice it. So, 
and hypocrisy. The pastor was asking for Christmas money. We were celebrating the birth of Jesus, which was the meaning of the season. And at the same time, everybody around me was suffering through this sort of consumerist Christmas, which I, you know, grew to despise. Um, and I was also had Catholic grandparents, and the rest of my family was Catholic, and we would do these sort of Catholic mass. Now, my family, my grandmother and my aunt were not Christians. My grandfather was. Uh, but my grandfather was very much the Christmas Easter type of person. He hated going to mass. Um, it's probably where I got most of my magic, early magical ideology from was from my grandfather as a Mason and, and, a, and an open thinker. But all of this wrapped around the idea of this highly stressful, highly difficult, and soon to be torturous period of time where I would go into. I expected some great joy, great happiness um, about these presents that I was about to see. I was supposed to be grateful for them. I got some amazing things. I got my microscopes. I got my lab pieces. And people would give me things. But I was supposed to be happy and grateful for these items. And then suffer through hot dogs and macaroni and cheese, which I didn't find. But the noise and the friction of like owning those things. To this day, it shows a very deep mark in me. I own so very little things. I People get mad at me because I don't hold on to things. I really have a very low material I let my family celebrate holiday whatever they want. And I had difficult holidays. There was holidays without Christmas presents. Um, I had one holiday where we had no Christmas presents. Uh, we had some money stolen. You know, we got to a bad pot. And we basically didn't really have presents for my kids on one holiday. And that was really kind of angering and that hurt me. Um I, as a whole, have not received any substantial Christmas gifts in like seven or eight years. Um, I stopped the Christmas thing. So you, so you have a right not to participate in these things, but it does have a consequence. And that's why I want to talk more about a positive piece. Um, but let me go ahead and say it. So these are the kind of the places where my energy comes from. It's very difficult to love something that can cause you a lot of pain. And you associate, and because we're pattern creators, we associate the holidays and that particular past with the future and the present, and it's not. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit, about how I've changed some of my views of Yule and how you can make it a better holiday. And I'm going to leave you with this one thought. For first, Santa was a pagan too by Emerald Rose. Belly and his tops, the Holly King. You dressed him in that British coat, the caps the Nordic thing. You took the horns right off his head and stuck them on his ear. But he still flies high like Jupiter with a belly full of beer. Hey, Santa Claus is pagan too, just like all the rest. And if you are a merry witch, he'll bring you all the best. So get that star up on the roof and bake those cookies too. Cause Christmas time is really Yule and Santa's pagan too. Now history says Christ was likely not a Capricorn. A 
if you want to share our Yule, we don't care when he's born. Come celebrate the dawning of the Sun King's bright rebirth. And if you practice what you preach, we'll all have peace on earth. Hey, Santa Claus is taking you just like all the rest. And if you are a merry witch, he'll bring you all the best. So get that star up on the roof and bake those cookies too. Cause Christmas time is really Yule and Santa's taking too. jolly than most Christians would require, and if he weren't so busy, he'd be dancing around this fire. Yeah, you can call it Christmas, you got a sleigh out gun, but just you wait till Beltane, and we'll see who's having it. Oh, oh. Hey, Santa Claus is taking two, just like all the rest, and if you are a merry witch, he'll bring you all the best. So get that star up on the roof and bake those cookies too, cause Christmas time is really Yule and Santa's pagan too. So the story of Yule often has the story of the Scrooge, the Grinch, that which we see as the people who rally against the season. And they may do it for dark reasons, such as Scrooge, because he is such a miser, or the Grinch, um, who's just hurt. You find that at the base of all these stories is that they were hurt. At some point, they were hurt so dramatically that they no longer had a love of humanity. And so that is one of the things my daughter, my daughter Sherry, has helped me kind of bridge across, is that the past does not equal the future, and even the present can be changed in a moment. But this idea that Christmas is one of the most traumatic seasons is because it's so easy to inflict pain as we are all trying to be kind and to be gentle and to try to live this sort of life. At the same time, we live this sort of consumerist society. But I discovered, you know, I see people who have, have, have learned it. So my daughter is much more an example of the Christmas spirit. She makes Christmas cookies for her friends and people. She serves meals. Um, she's generous with her children and everybody else's children, but she doesn't go out and try to impress people with presents. She instead pr- tries to provide. She actually provided a family, though she would never talk about it. With their Christmas this year, she took a family in need and and, and is now fulfilling their Christmas. Um, so she tells me it's time to be give people permission to be kind. It's about sharing, and it's her favorite holiday. The colors, the lights, and all of it just makes her feel happy. And she has every right to be despondent and dis- hateful of of. A Christmas because she didn't have as good a Christmas as other kids. She just didn't. I didn't have that right to it. So I inflicted my pain. And pain is generational. Let's make no bones. Pain is generational. That which hurts my grandparents, with that which hurt my mother, which ended up hurting me, ended up hurting my daughter. And in each case, we healed a little bit each time. My daughter's done some major healing, which has now affected me. Yeah, and it's sort of retro generational that you can fix the past if you fix yourself. And you definitely can fix the future. So in, in this Yule, it is about what is it that you want to celebrate? Is there anything that you want to celebrate? 
is this idea of the future important? It isn't about how you felt in the past. You have to deal with that, and you can deal with that. But does that is that really the reason why you dislike Christmas today? And if it is, cool. You don't have to celebrate. I tell people this all the time, don't. Uh, this year I'll probably be out of the way for the biggest part of Christmas season. I'm not going to be back in Chicago. Um, I'll be with friends, and I will celebrate any way I can. So um, beyond that, everybody's going to talk about the rituals they do, the renewal they will do. This is where I think that I think I would like to see people do. Go ahead and deal with the pain that you've got and just accept the fact of forgiveness. Maybe the greatest gift you can give yourself this holiday is forgive yourself your trespasses against others and ask them to forgive you, but also forgive those who have trespassed against you and have made the season so difficult. Now, if there's continue to make it difficult, confront them. You know, let them know that you're not going to be putting up with it. The hardest part of being self-realized, whether it be as a witch or a pagan or a priest or a minister or as an individual, as a model, as an actor, as a tradesman, as you know, somebody who builds buildings or any number of professions, you have to become self-realized or self-aware of what you're doing. And you have to accept the fact that how you feel about the season, no matter how much traumatics has happened in the past, is because you allow yourself to feel that way, that you have allowed yourself to continue without check and feeling that way. And maybe some of you have already begun working on it. I know I'm constantly working on it so that you can be it. So if you can forgive a little bit out there, that's terrific. It'll make you feel better. Do something new. Go to a Chinese restaurant. Join you know, people out there. I've, had, I've known people who have done that just to kind of be around people. Yes, there's a lot of people in Chinese restaurants like Christmas. Um, and it's very interesting. You know, celebrate Yule with people. It doesn't matter how you celebrate. It is a matter of why you celebrate. And let me go say that in in the world that I look at, what you celebrate is that you've had this great year. You've had this great opportunity to survive. I mean, for me, this year has been probably, in hindsight, one of the toughest years I've faced. It really was a difficult year. And yet, I'm feeling grateful for the holiday. I'm grateful for being here. I'm grateful for talking to you. So this year, instead of trying to figure out what to give people, you know, let's give them anything at all. I know there are some people who will expect things, and I know that the corporate consumerist revenue-generating holiday is essential to the American economy, much less everywhere else, is one of those relentless things, and that we have all of these objects that we will spend great deals of money for. Some of them are very useful, and some of them won't be. And if anybody wants to give me anything, give me a, 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 a phone stand or a, a thing to hold my phone while I do filming this year. Um, but it is a time of year of being grateful and and the idea of maybe the gift forgiveness of gifts of gratitude this year, of gratefulness. I know I'm grateful that Witch School has finally been rebuilt. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm so glad. It's been years in the making. We've gotten it rebuilt. It's got a life on it. Go join it. Join us for free. Tell people, join us for free. You know, that's a great Christmas gift. Uh, yeah. um, but in this holiday, in this season, in this celebration, learn to forgive. Make that the gift of the season because it's the only thing that has any real, honest, substantial value. It just does. Um, 
and I don't know how to scream. So like that, and so getting back to my daughter, she does like I said, cook Christmas cookies, which I found to be very a lot of fun. Um, um, I find that to be very very exciting. Um, you know, a lot of other things again. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to take one more break, and I'm going to get into one more idea of going to be doing it. Um, and this is going to be uh, Yule Circle Casting. I think this was done by Vernon Lewis. We'll be doing his version here shortly. The old God's power at its height, we look within for vision clear. I cleanse my space with shining light to raise the vibe and transmute all which might distract from this my right or confound my focused will with all. I cast the circle round about, thus crafting out a space apart between the worlds of light and darkness to work my will through magic art. I call the North, Lord of Midwinter, Hallowed on this longest night, Shaman, Lord of Visions, enter, Master of Winter's waning light. I call the East the Sun Reborn, At the very height of the Old Lord's power, Who heralds at Winter's Spring's return. Join us, Sunchild, at this hour. I call the South the Lover Bold, The Sun in Might of Summer's Heat. Opposite of the Old Lord's Cold, Your warming blessing we entreat. And now I call the West the King, the Lord of Justice and of Fate, Twilight Lord of the Harvesting, the grain his body, which we ate. O four lords, come and witness this, my yuletide rite I now begin, to celebrate with grateful bliss the Holy Son reborn again. I call the crone of transformation, heeding her midwinter's lesson, that the height of power and perfection is also the point of transmutation. Thus, like the sun reborn in darkness, may I be energized this night, and pray my own dreams grow no less than the lengthening days shall wax in might. Elves of midwinter, kith and kin, come join our feast, we invite you in, who follow the old lord of the woods, and magically manufacture goods, which amaze the mind and delight the heart with their deep and abiding skill and art. As we celebrate Yule the longest night, when the Winter Lord is at his height, we join hands with you who follow him in the woods of the north where the light is dim, and who follow forth in the wild ride with the blessed ones in joy and pride. We welcome you as the Yule fires burn and the wheel of the year makes another turn, and the longest night sees the sun's rebirth and renewed life for our planet Earth. Join us, O elves, and share our cheer in the regeneration of the year, as you bless us, we bless you all, who heed the Yule Lord's wild call. And so in this last piece I'm going to talk about is the elves of Christmas. And I'm going to take a little bit of a, a, a jab, but we are seeing Shelf on an Elf. And we're seeing so much more of ancient mythology being shared with us in such an amazing way. I think it's an important thing. So I think that one of the things we have attributed to Santa Claus is the power of observation. He is a judge and jury. We've made him into, from being a gift giver, 
to a, a, a matter of status. And I think this is one of the heartbreaking things about Christmas for me is that we make Santa a keeper of our status, i.e. he's watching the children, and now he's got the elves on the shelf. And any good witch knows you don't invite elves into your house. You just don't do it. Come on. And that he's, these elves are tattling on the children to Santa Claus, to an outside authority, and that we're making Santa Claus a giver of status. If you're good enough, he's going to bring you this amazing present. And um, if you have children listening to this, which you should not have children who have been listening to this particular yule. This is not children-friendly. Um, but then when the richer children get – children with richer parents and richer family members get these really presents from Santa – and the community members and, and people of color and people of poor communities, people in le- uh, less resourceful communities, are not the same. Or even parents who have, who got kids, they just don't believe those things. It changes the kids' feeling of their status. It really begins to introduce a status-building situation that is just awful and gives them unrealistic points of view in my opinion of where the presents go. So Elf on the Shelf, Santa Claus is judge. We need to bring that out of our communities and recognize that Santa Claus is a spirit of giving that can flow through all of us. And that we are the generous Why would anyone want to surveil themselves, you know, in that I mean, aren't we part of the House Elf of Liberation movement if you're a Potterite? You know, give Sarkoid to hell, uh, free them from their captivity, Dome Liberation Front, you know? Yeah. But don't use it to scare your kids. If you like elves, love elves. Teach them to have a good respect for them. But please stop this surveillance society that made my feelings at Christmas so harsh. This idea of of a godlike being, a entity making a judgment on how my behavior is going to affect it, whether I was seen or not. You don't need that. Your kids are either of good moral standards or they're not. Of course they are. You're teaching them. And so, yeah. So get these elves on the shelf if you like them. That's terrific. And stop creating the spiritual aspects. Our surveillance society, because that has profound effects in our magical world. If you truly believe in the magical world that we live in, and you're bringing elves into your house to surveillance your children, and they're not reporting back to you, but to yet another spirit, that's kind of dangerous. And any, if I were to phrase it that way, you're bringing in a spirit into your house to observe your children. And they're going to report to another spirit. And that spirit is then going to go ahead and make a judgment of the worthiness of your children to receive coal. Or if you're a Krampus father, be picked up in a cage and taken off and beaten with sticks. But you're saying to yourself that judgment of another being, a spiritual being, is being related to a secondary being to make a judgment of your child. And it has nothing to do with you. has nothing to do with anyone else, just that spirit and the children. Is that really the message you want to send as as a, a responsible magician, as a worker of spirits? I don't really think so. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I think one of the things I love about Christmas the most, 
And this is one of the things I really want you to do is that it's time to listen. I love wishes. I mean, as people know, um, I do, do work a lot of wish magic, and people get a lot of what they want. And uh, in which way they change their lives. I have an uncanny skill of helping people find their wishes. So with that, I do believe that singing carols and the fellowship and camaraderie of it, if you can act in a forgiving way and love above all else, to bring nothing but love to the holiday, that's a way to celebrate you. And if you can do that, you've come a long way and continue doing that. Blessed be. So with that, I wish you a happy holidays. Blessed you all. For those of the Beltane as well. And Merry Christmas. And I'll leave you with the Yule wish. And followed by the spirit of Yule. Now comes the Yule. The moment when the aged sons reborn again. All things renewed, all things made whole. The promise of spring and rebirth for the soul. The wheel of the year turns once again, and I most earnestly pray for a yuletide wish I cherish and wish for on this day. I concentrate upon my wish, imagine it clearly in my stride, aligning myself to the energies which regenerate at yuletide. For yule is the longest night, and the power of the sun's nadir, and the days will grow longer after as we move into the new year. And the old god now at his height will diminish and pass away, while the young god now reborn will very soon hold sway. And the earth will pass from winter as the power of the young god grows. So my wish will grow along with him, increasing as he does. And as winter must give way to spring, so too my wish will manifest. For I've tied it to the sun's rebirth, and by that rebirth shall it be blessed. So thanks I offer knowing my wish shall come to be. Even as the sun's light grows, my wish will come to me.